And once again, good morning and welcome to worship, and we're so glad that each one of you are here. Please continue to make seat reservations for service if you plan on worshiping inside. Those of you worshiping outside don't need to do that, but you just need to make sure you bring your chair. And safe sanctuary training is still available online. If you have questions, you can call the church office or see Jesse after church. And that's all I have for announcements today. Shall we welcome the light of Christ? The first scripture reading today comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. And it's talking about love in action. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. And do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of God for the people of God. Would you join me in an attitude of prayer, please? Oh, Father, loving God, you are so good to us. Thank you. We gather in this place today to sing your praises and hear your word. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit to lead us. Let us know that everywhere we go is holy ground. Fill our hearts with love so that we would always be ready to show you mercy and compassion to those who need it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you pour down like rain? 
If I found myself for a loss of words, y'all would probably think it was okay. <laughs> and it wouldn't be a funny thing, right? Anyway, anyway, it's good to see all of you here on this beautiful, oh, I guess this is the last Sunday of August, right? And we had five of them, so, but, and again, that means uh, it'll be September here in a couple of days, right? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, again, it's... It's great to see all of you here to worship this morning. And of course, as always, my first rainbow is seeing all of you here. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you that we can come together and sing your praises. We thank you for everything. We thank you for the things that don't look so good to us, but we remember that you know what is best and that you are in charge. You're on the bridge and everything's okay. Lord, we lift up those who were in the path of the hurricane recently. We lift up those who lost loved ones. We lift up those who lost homes businesses, any situation that was caused by that hurricane, we lift them up and ask for your healing presence and power. We thank you for those 
who were spared any destruction in that storm. Lord, we lift up those in our schools, in our country, in all of our businesses and families and situations that have been affected by the unusual circumstances of late this year and in learning how to deal with a different way of life for a lot of people. We ask for your guidance and your strength in those situations. We lift up all of those who are sick and need healing in any way. We know that you're the great physician. We ask that you would touch them, heal them, make them whole. We lift up those who have recently lost loved ones or are losing loved ones even now. Remind them again that this is but a temporary situation. And again, we are yours in life and in death. Lord, we lift up those who don't have the basic necessities of life. We lift up those in war-torn areas of the world. We lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will. We can live in peace and harmony and abundance if we but listen to your voice and obey it. Open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts as we study your word this morning. Teach us all to be better disciples of your son, Jesus. And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, I was thinking just yesterday that it was five years ago yesterday that Rebecca and I and another couple were in the Philippines and we dedicated a church there. And then on the 1st of September, we were back in Manila, and we got to go to one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen, and what I consider holy ground. We're talking about holy ground this morning. And that's the American Cemetery in Manila. If you ever go to Manila, I would strongly encourage you to go there. It's very, very, very moving. And like I say, I, have, I consider it holy ground. But what I want us to think about this morning is how really every place we put our foot is holy ground. But we have to put our hearts and our minds and our thoughts in the right place sometimes to see that. 
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the third chapter of the book of Exodus. Consider the word of the Lord. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you, that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am that I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob 
has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Merciful God, God who created the heavens and the earth, God who made everything we see good and who called us very good. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. So holy, holy ground. And that's what God told Moses he was standing on. What does it mean to be holy anyway? You know, there are a number of ways you can look at it, but I believe the primary attribute of holiness is something that's holy is like has a likeness to, I'll put it that way, to God. And it's intended for sacred things. Holiness, the intention behind holiness is for sacredness, to instill or to pass on likeness of the divine, of the divine. So the first thing I want to touch on here in this particular passage is when Moses saw the burning bush, he said, I must turn aside and look at this, right? Wow. Have you ever seen something where you just, you know, where it, where it grabs you like that? Maybe, I mean, most of us haven't seen burning bushes other than grass fires, right? But we've all experienced situations where we knew that maybe God was speaking to us or that something holy was taking place. And I think we, like Moses, couldn't help but turn and look at it. You know, I mentioned the, the American Cemetery in Manila, but it's, and that's akin to, you know, I get the same feeling every time I go out to uh, the cemetery out here at Fort Sam or Punchbowl on Oahu and other, other similar places. But you know a place where I have always, ever since I was this big, felt that where I was was holy and that the holiness of God was exhibited there is when I look up at the stars at night. It's been that way to me, like I say, ever since I was a very, very small child, ever since I was big enough to go outside and look up at the stars. And I think about that. I think about Abram, later Abraham, when his name got changed, you know, Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, when he's talking to God, when he's trying to, to convince God not to destroy Sodom, he says, I am but 
dust and ashes, right? I am but dust and ashes, but he's talking to God. See, Abraham knew. And that same Abraham, before his name change, when God had promised him that he would have plenty of descendants, he did what? It said he took him outside and said, look up at the sky, right? Look up at the stars. And if you can number them, that's how many descendants you're going to have. That's how many descendants you're going to have. See, God took him to a holy place. In that particular scripture, it doesn't say, Abram, uh, look up, you're in a holy place. But he was in a holy place. And as Abraham said there, I am but dust. See the, see, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says what? It said, God took the dust of the ground and he formed a person. Of course, Adam means earth anyway. That's what Adam means. It says God took the dust of the ground and he breathed into it. He breathed into it the breath of life. And he became a living soul, right? So Adam is holy ground. And, and, and God made us very, very good. See, I think, I think often we, we tend to focus, we tend to focus one of the things we hear and we teach and uh, all in our church, we talk about the fall, and we talk about original sin, right? But the fact of the matter is, God made us all in original goodness, right? That's the way we were made. In fact, better than that, we were made in original very goodness, if you, if you, if you, if you want to use that term. That's the way God made us. And then we read on in the scriptures there, you know, we as a denomination, Methodist, a long time ago, we were referred to as a holiness, you know, something that's set aside, intended for sacred purposes, denomination. And as it says there in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2, be holy because I am holy, all right? And that's part of your homework today. Go read Leviticus chapter 19. If you, if you want to know what God instructs holy people to act like, it's right there. It's laid out real clearly, as well as, of course, as Jesus reminded us, Leviticus 19.18, which says what? Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. So Moses couldn't help but turn it aside when he saw something holy. And then it says, God said to him, and by the way, did you notice? Did you notice? God spoke to Moses first. God seeks out. 
Just like Jesus said when he came, he came to seek out and save the lost. And let's face it, Moses was pretty lost, wasn't he? The poor guy, he had been raised in the lap of luxury there. He was raised as Pharaoh's grandson. He had anything he could desire. And what does he do? He murders somebody, and he has to, he has to go hide in the wilderness. He goes out and hides in the wilderness. But you see that, that spark of goodness or that spark of, like I, like I like to call it, very goodness, was still in Moses. And God knew that. See, even though Moses did a horrible thing by murdering somebody, the reason he murdered that person was because that person was doing an injustice to somebody else. So that original very goodness in Moses caused him to see injustice. And he wanted to stop it. Even though the way he tried to stop it by following Moses' will instead of God's will wasn't such a good idea. And then when we read on there in chapter, in chapter 2 before we took up today, it says Moses who's out there in the wilderness... What? It says it said that there was the, the priest of Midian had seven daughters, right? And they went out with their sheep. By the way, Moses was, when we start out here, he was doing what? He was keeping sheep. He was a shepherd. They brought the sheep to the well, the seven daughters of Jethro, and there were some people that ran them off and wouldn't let them water the sheep. Moses said, no, this is wrong. And he stood up for them and let them water the sheep. Again, God saw that spark of very goodness in Moses. And he knew how Moses had been groomed for a specific job. He sought Moses out. He called to him. But look at what he says. Look at what he says. He says, come no closer. Right? He says, come no closer. He says, take off your sandals, right? Take off your sandals. I didn't wear sandals, but I wore slip-ons. He says, take off your sandals, right? Because where you're standing is holy ground. And I've thought about that a lot. If we look at each other as holy ground... Not just the stuff we walk on, but again, we're made out of the dust. If we would do something, and I don't know what that something is for each of you, but God said to Moses, in essence, don't just jump into this deal. Stop and think about what's going on here. Take your shoes off. The next time you are invited to say something less than complimentary to one of your family members or friends or church associates or anybody, or the next time you want to give instructions to the person driving in the car in front of you, take your shoes off, metaphorically, 
stop and think. This is holy ground. This is holy ground. See, and again, holy is intended for sacred purposes. That's why God chose a people in the first place. That's why God chose the Israelites. That's why God ultimately sent Jesus. So we could reclaim all of the land, if you will, as holy, as holy land. And then we get to the point, and again, if your Bible says, if you're, uh, where it says, Moses says to God, he says, who am I going to tell them sent me? What's your name? If your Bible says, I am who I am, scratch the who out and put that there again and I've, I, this is one of my repetition things Popeye says I am who I am all right we all are who we are whatever it is God said I am that I am God is the only one that has being of God's self and can do whatever God wants to do as Isaiah reminds us in chapter 46, I am God and there is no other. There is no one like me who knows the end from the beginning. From the beginning, right? So God told Moses to tell him you're sent by I am. And then we all know I am sent Jesus to us. And to wrap this holy ground analogy up, I want us to think just a second about the parable of the sower. We read it several places in Scripture, but one of the places you can read it is in Mark chapter 4. And of course, the sower throws out the seed and it falls on different types of soil falls on different types of soil. But when you read that and you, and you read the explanation of it, the different types of soil are really different types of people again. And Jesus said the good soil, or I'll say the holy ground, are what? They're the people who hear the word they accept the word and they bear fruit because of it. So as you go out of here this morning, as you live your lives the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of your lives, consider those around you to be holy ground. And stop. Take your shoes off before you do something that might hurt them or that you might regret later. As Paul so aptly reminded us there in Romans chapter 12 that Susan read earlier, overcome evil with good because you're standing on holy ground. Amen. Go in peace. And as you go, remember, you're on holy ground.
And as you do it, do it with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.